Nearly 2,000 ranking factors revealed in recent Yandex. Lee, Google is getting sued by the U.S. government again. Could it be a dismantling of the ad division? Sometimes cannibalizing your own product can be a good thing. You're listening to News from the Edge for the week of January 30th, 2023, here on Edge of the Web Radio. From the Edge of the Web Studios, here's what we're looking at this week. This is Edge of the Web Radio. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, head of SEO branding over at Wix, and we're covering the SEO and digital marketing news of the week, separate from our weekly interview podcast, getting more news to you even more quickly. Be sure to check out our recent shows at edgeoftheradio.com. This is the SE Ranking Digital Marketing News Desk of Edge of the Web Radio. SE Ranking is the new title sponsor of the news from the Edge. We're proud to have them on board, a fantastic SEO SaaS marketing platform. They've joined up with the Edge to showcase some of the key tools to make your SEO journey easier. We'll talk more about SE Ranking further in the show. We've got a great contest to share with you. Joining me this week to share his take on the news is executive producer. Wait, you're the executive producer? I mean, that's what my title has said. I sure. I okay. I don't and know. Bite a pusher. Okay, no, that's what I thought. Bite Button pusher. pusher is much oh, more yeah, appropriate. That's how <laughs> I knew you. Of this show, finally getting the spotlight he deserves. Jacob Man. I should time some lighting with that. Like some like an you, angel there should noise. be some kind of sound of oh, angel voices. Yeah. yeah. Hey. And all you had and all you had to do to get this was kill Aaron. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> I saw By the some way, questions like how bad you. would it look for you if Aaron's like body was like found <laughs> and all of a sudden this is his podcast? Who is it? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, luckily, I can control when this goes out, so I'll make motive, sure we have it. I'll make sure you have motive. You <laughs> <laughs> wanted to be second chair of the podcast. That's right. It's all I've ever wanted, and and now I'm here. Great. What about his family? Though it's pretty sad for his family. Well, nah, I, I, I think the 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 big question is because we know about in the past is. Is Aaron living in the trailer in his garage? Oh, that's right. So can we say, I, is it private? Nah, he's got COVID. Yeah. Again, know. he's had a COVID like 4,000 times already. He's like a magnet for COVID. <laughs> so Aaron's obviously not in the studio this week. Um, although there's a pane of glass, so I, you know, whatever. It's it's COVID-proof glass, I think. I don't know. Sure. But uh, no, so Aaron Aaron's out this week. So it, it, it's Morty and me. I wanted to rename the show Morty and me. And that was shot down. Nice, nice. <laughs> Just like Mac and Me, yeah, classic movie. Yeah. One of everyone's everyone's favorite. Everyone's movie. favorite. It's one of the most weird ass movies ever. <laughs> Have you ever seen Conan O'Brien oh, with yeah. Paul Rudd and yeah, <laughs> they keep great. showing the same clip over and over? <laughs> so good. I honestly think that might be the only clip from the movie I know. I'm yes, sure. Honestly, I'm sure I saw it as a really young kid and just exactly. whatever moved on. <laughs> I see it right. I see it as a seven year old. And according to Ryan. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. It's good stuff. It is. So yeah, Aaron. So when Aaron's wife had COVID, he kicked her out of the house and made her live in a trailer in the garage. Right. Yep. Yeah. So now the question is, is she getting her revenge? I hope so. I hope so. I, I hope she's making him live outside. Oh, in, in the trailer and, or outside, and, outside? No, like, outside, outside in a tent. Fresh air. Do, do good for Or lean to. <laughs> Yeah, that's good for COVID. I kind of want to see Aaron come live to us from the trailer, but we we, <laughs> we should get a remote out there. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, how come he can't just opens it up? And, hey, <laughs> come on, let's go. 
Send, uh, a, send a crew out. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's take a, a look at our first article coming at you from Search Engine Land. Yandex leak reveals 1,922. I like that. 22 search ranking factors. SEOs have already started analyzing Yandex's search ranking factors, which include PageRank and several other link-related factors. This comes from Danny Goodwin over at Search Engine Land. So basically, someone hacked Yandex. We now know all of the factors. However, what we don't know is how they're weighted, which basically means that we don't know anything. In my honest opinion, <laughs> it is super interesting. Okay, let me let me let me dive back. So Yandex got hacked. We have a list of all of their algorithm, uh, all of their uh, ranking factors. Hooray! Except for two things. One is Yandex is not Google, despite what you may hear. I'm sure there are similarities. There are similarities, but Yandex is not Google. And secondly, the fact that you know the ranking factor it's great, but what does it actually mean for you and your life and your strategy? Because you don't know how they're weighted and they're weighted per query. So now what? There's some really cool ones. For example, uh, bookmark, uh, the page being bookmarked is a ranking factor. But things like URL, keywords and URLs, you know, ranking factor. But again, it is a ranking factor for Google also. It's super, super, super tiny. So is it also super, super, super tiny for Yandex? So how beneficial is it? It's super interesting. In my mind, this is very, very interesting. Someone, I think it was Martin McDonald called it the biggest thing that happened in SEO, you know, ever or in 10 years, whatever it is. And it is really big. And the fact that a major surgeon got hacked like this is incredible. But at the end of the day, now that I know these factors, what am I going to do differently? Yes, like things, for example, like dwell, dwell time. As an official, like, like Bing, unlike Google officially, is a ranking factor on the index. So I need to get my content out there. I need people on the page. I need people dwelling there, like Aaron dwells in the trailer, so that my rankings can go up. Wonderful. So what does it actually mean? I need to create really good content that people will like to look at and read and, and dwell on, literally dwell on. So what actually changes to my content strategy? Not much. You need to do basic optimization. You need to have really good content. You need to have the content to be highly interesting, highly relevant, and linkable. So what actually changes in terms of your actual strategy? I do not know, but it is incredibly interesting. Jacob? Did it just help solidify for you some of the ideas, some of the concepts you have? I mean, I, I know that uh, most of what you would recommend is probably tried and tested anyways, but did some of these things kind of reveal to you? Like, ah, I knew it. I, you know, I've always said that this was a thing, and now I can see at least for Yandex it is. Obviously, like you said, it's not Google, but you're getting some confirmation back from it? I guess so, right? I mean, like there's, I know Dan Taylor was talking about this on LinkedIn. If you add, you know, the, the version of Google Analytics, for Yandex, Metrica. So that's a ranking factor. People were speculating about that. Now it's official. Okay. But yeah, it is confirmation. I think it is a good look at like how search engine work. Mike King wrote a post for search engine land highlighting how search engines work based upon what you've seen from the, the Yandex leaks. Super interesting and super relevant. But in terms of this being, now I know how to beat the algorithm. I, right. I, I don't see that. This gotcha. is not that. Okay. And I think the idea of like focusing again, focusing on factors is okay. Great. Who was it? Was it? It might have been Joe Hall, somebody on Twitter. If it wasn't Joe, I apologize. Joe, if I'm giving you credit for it, just take it. <laughs> it's like you have the soup, but none of the ingredients. Okay. 
You don't, again, you don't know how any of this stuff is weighted, what's really important, what's really not important. Things are very obvious. Like, yeah, internal linking. Okay. That's an official factor. Great. My life is now dramatically changed. Internal linking is a, an official focus for me. There you go. Piece of cake. Uh, who's right? next? Who, who are we taking down next? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like, you know, Baidu or Bing. Yeah. Well, what's the next <clears throat> to get hacked? That, that was my next question for you is, is how, how much do you think this does relate to Google? Like, how confident are you that there are extreme similarities or none at all? Like, why? I, I feel like it's almost like a lot of them are common sense. Sure. In which case, would you say the common sense ones aren't really even that much of a leak? Like, no, like it's, it's we, just like interesting to say. Yeah. I think the ones that are, you know, pretty like out there, the bookmark thing was just weird to me. Like, wow, that's an actual ranking factor. There's one. The average rank or the impressions of the page and the site are a ranking factor, but isn't that circular? Because if you could only get impressions and rankings because of that's a ranking factor, so you start off with zero. How do you ever get any impressions and rank? You follow me there? Yeah. How does that work? Isn't that that's a little bit circular? No, like the fact that your ranking is a ranking factor. Okay. How do you ever get to be ranking then? Yeah, it seems like there's something missing there. No, something seems to be missing in that one. Uh, so, yeah. Step Just one. Just don't ask questions. Step it's one. A leak. Rank. We step two. Question mark. Step three. Profit. That's how I look at it. There you go. So super interesting. Really super interesting. Yeah. But in terms of actually changing what you should do as an SEO, uh, to me, a lot of the factors fall into the bucket of basic optimization. Right. Like, uh, like, you know, someone else, so, yeah, the uh, domain name, like, yeah, like, you should have a domain in that makes sense, whatever. Yeah. Like, it has a keyword in there. Okay, great. Basic optimization, getting some momentum and cadence from the content so that it gets things like links mm -hmm. so that it gets things. If, if the user behavior metrics are a real thing. So it gets those. So for example, again, like dwell time, it doesn't matter if that dwell time is organic. Again, they're tracking it through their, their version of Google analytics. Right. So you send out an email, you put it on social media, you get the dwell time, shows that people like this piece of content. Yandex is using that as the basis for ranking. Great. So getting momentum, getting the content out there, distributing the content is really important. Making it linkable, making it therefore high quality so that it's targeted, it's relevant, and then it therefore is linkable. It, those are the three buckets that the ranking factors to me kind of fall into. Like, for example, like again, I went back to the bookmark thing. I think it's super interesting. What would make somebody add it as a bookmark? It's really right. good targeted right. content. Like, the, so yeah, what the, what changed here? The desire to go. Yeah, to go, I mean, you're bookmarking it because you want to return over and over again. Yeah. Right. Right. So you've created a really referenceable resource. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is what you should be doing anyway. Right. So nothing here revealed as a huge aha moment for you or uh, you need to... Not for me. I'm sure for yeah. some people will disagree. Sure. But not, nothing for me like stood out. It's st Aha stood out like, wow, I can't believe surgeons are, are functioning like this. Oh, like that's okay. weird. They wouldn't think to consider that. But yeah, in terms of my actual strategy, I think the way I think about search engines might be a little bit, not skewed, but like altered. Yeah. Some of the things being super advanced, some of the things being super basic. Yeah, you're right though on the bookmarking thing. I, I hadn't thought about that before, but I will if I'm trying to find like a good like recipe for smoking brisket. Once I find it, I bookmark it because it worked, and I don't want to go find it again. I don't want to 
go through that process of searching, I know that it worked. Or I know that if I do search, Google at least will show me my bookmarks first a lot of times if it's something I've previously bookmarked. So if everyone's bookmarking the same smoked brisket recipe... Then that's the one. I mean, that's talk about a vote of confidence when someone bookmarks it like that, right? I wish I would have done that. I found like a great General Tsao's recipe. Actually, it's a Wix site. Joshua Weishman's the site. Yeah. If you haven't seen him, check him out. He's all over YouTube also. His recipes are amazing. He has an amazing General Tsao's recipe, and I lost it. Oh, no. I, I know what it is now because now right. I know who he is because I only know who he is because I know he's a Wix site now. Otherwise, I never would have found him again. <laughs> right. But I should have bookmarked that. And now you can. And now I can, and it'll be a ranking factor for him. At least on the index. Yeah, I, I, you know what I want? I want people to pay me to bookmark their shit now. Ooh, that's a good idea. Right? I Pay me to bookmark. I'll improve your rankings. It's the new content spam. I'm going to reach out to people <laughs> on LinkedIn. I will give you 20 uh, bookmarks for $10. There you go. Get on Fiverr. Yep. My new <laughs> business model right here. That's it. I've always wanted a quick way to make it rich, and now I have it. There, just clicking bookmarks all day. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. We're proud to have InLinks as a sponsor of Edge of the Web. Did you know that entities play a major role in how search engines understand and rank content on the web, other than bookmarking, obviously? Optimizing your content solely around keywords is a thing of the past. Now is the time to add entities into the mix and reach higher rankings by using InLinks, an award-winning software in Entity SEO. InLinks provides you with expert-level data to build your content around any keyword so that Google will have a better understanding of the context of your articles. Go to edgeoftheweb.com slash InLinks to claim your free InLinks account and start creating content that will outperform your competitors. On to article number two. Surprise, surprise. Google's being sued again from Nicole Farley over at Search Engine Land. U.S. Justice Department sues Google again, aims to dismantle its ad division with a SWAT team of snipers and all other sorts of soldiers. That's not true. The U.S. Justice Department has just filed its second antitrust lawsuit against Google, signaling that the government is continuing to pursue cases against tech firms, Google is accused of violating antitrust laws in acquiring and or maintaining dominance. So in this one, as Nicole noted, the federal government of the United States of America is validating the individual suits brought to light by the individual states, such as Texas, New Jersey, and other states, although like Texas, I guess, is a technically a republic, not a state. I don't give a shit. Either way, it's interesting to see the DOJ bring forth the particular suits of the individual states to sort of validate that. This is not going away. I have nothing else to add other than at some point, something big is going to happen. Although we've been saying that, Jacob, for years already on this podcast. Wait for it. Wait for it. One of these is going to stick and they're going to get clobbered, but yet to happen. They're like Teflon. Google's like Teflon with this stuff. They've got a little bit of money. Might be part of it. Do you see well, there? Evidently not enough money to buy off whoever politicians need to buy off the, the uh, Department of Justice. But did you see their response? They said... Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. There's, the government... usual. No, well, we're not. No, it's it's not the, the, the spin. Government shouldn't pick winners and losers in a competitive industry. 
Today's lawsuit from the Department of Justice attempts to pick the winners and losers in the highly competitive advertising technology sector. It yeah, largely, all of a sudden, Google's Adam Smith over here in free markets, right? <laughs> it largely duplicates an unfounded lawsuit by the Texas att- Attorney General, much of which was recently dismissed by a federal court. That's Google's wow. response. Wow, Google's uh, <laughs> like, at the point where like we're getting into political philosophy in our in our, <laughs> in our statements. It, Look it, at that! It came out swinging, though. Yeah, That's... so they don't think like you know like tech. And government should be completely separate. So I wonder if they'd be you know, okay with the law that said they can't donate to senator and Congress people campaigns anymore. Oh, yeah. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I'd be okay. Like, is no one being able to donate to any right. of these people? They have to run on their actual, like, platforms. Yeah. And merits. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, stand for something, not how much you got paid. Well, boy, this show. That is America. Turn. Ain't that America? <laughs> Hugh John Mellencamp. Let's go. Yes. I feel like I have nothing else to say on this. Like, I know it's disappointing, but like, like, what else is there to say? At this I, point? Well, I think, yes, yeah, just hurry up and wait, right? Like you said, we've talked about it so many times. Forever already. It's been and, forever. Well, I think the first one we've talked about, they said, is probably going to trial partway through this right, year. Right. That's the Jedi blue thing. That thing is. Yeah. That thing is nuts. So that, that seems to be the one that, that they're going to get nailed on in some way, shape, or form. Allegedly. Allegedly, who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Let's use Jedi mind tricks. Like, no, this is not the lawsuit you're looking for. <laughs> I'm sure they have a number of them. I, I don't know. It's like all this stuff is. You, everyone's got their agendas. Everyone's got their spin, right? It, it just annoys the crap out of me at this point. I, I would like to know where the real violation is. Where is it not? I don't want the spin from the politicians. I don't want the spin from Google. Is basically a politician, just not a, as a political entity, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Article number three. There we go. Article number three. Let's get to something a little more substantive from Kevin Indig, the great Kevin Indig, member of Wix's SEO advisory board, Wix, the home of the Serps Up podcast. How to cannibalize your own product well. By the way, just want to, Aaron, you thought I wouldn't get it in there. I did. I plugged Serps Up. From Kevin Indig, how to cannibalize your product. Well, Kevin, by the way, was a guest on the Serp Sub podcast talking about Serp features. Product cannibalization can be a good thing. Whoever thought cannibalization could ever be a good thing? But Kevin says, yes, product cannibalization can be a good thing when done right. In his growth memo, Kevin explains the conditions that must be true to succeed. He also goes through whether or not Google is going to cannibalize itself with chat GPT the same time but an example by the way of product cannibalization that kevin goes through it is a really really good case never thought about it like that when remember netflix of course you do because they're still around but initially they for all you young people initially all netflix did was mail you a dvd to your house and you put the dvd in the in the player and you played it and then you mailed back the dvd and then they mailed you another one. They let you have two at a time, so you can always have one DVD on hand. And those were the two DVDs you have like for the week. And that was it. You weren't binging nothing. You were watching those two DVDs over and over and over again. Until Netflix said, hey, let's do a streaming thing. And it started to offer streaming. We said, hey, well, why do I need a DVD for? I'll just stream this thing. That's an example of product cannibalization. Or as Kevin points out again, um, iPads, iPads. Um, What's the, what was the thing, Jacob, that played the music? iPod. iPod. Thank you. Right. iPod. 
Right. <laughs> it's so long ago. So bringing out, the I, bringing out the iPhone essentially killed the iPod industry. Right. Big, the same big, features. What yeah. do I need the, the pod for? I have yep. the phone now. That's right. But remember, you remember when iPods were so cool? Remember the whole U2 campaign? Or was that like the silhouettes, the dancing silhouette people? Yeah, the dancing yeah. silhouettes to, to yeah. U2 music. Yeah. yeah. And they had Elevation. Like, and they actually showed uh, headphone wires. Yeah, headphone Man, wires. The old, the old days where we all had wires attached to our ears. Your headphones currently have wires, by the way. Just I'm one. looking at them right now. Just one. Or just, oh, it has a just, wire. Just, just I'm wire, sorry. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the question is, will things like if Google were to integrate, let's say, with ChatGPT, would that sort of cannibalize itself and destroy its current product yeah. and evolve it to a new product? And would that be a good thing? Kevin rightly so concludes that no, ChatGPT or an AI interaction can't solve a lot of the queries that we're looking for. It's a very different thing. So for a, a, any long tail kind of query, you're just simply not going to get what you're looking for. I think we, we talk about it on this podcast. Maybe we did. Maybe we're not. I've been talking about this for like so many podcasts at this point. So I don't know where right. I've said this, but basically, yeah. But basically, I don't think anyway, where you have search engines like you, where they have an input where you can search for something and get an answer back from the AI. I don't think that's very novel. Right. I don't think that's the future of AI integration into a search engine. I can ask Google something right now and get an answer like how many home runs did Babe Ruth hit? 714. How many home runs did Hank Aaron hit? 755. How many home runs did Barry Bonds hit? Who cares? He cheated. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So the AI responses are going to be AI the yeah. same question like who cares? Like whatever. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I don't even see that as I, a thing. Yeah. I think a thing again is where you can have a conversation with it, like who hit the most home runs? Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron, right? Not Barry Bonds. Again, he cheated. That would be the wrong answer. How many? Oh, okay. So Barry, Hank Aaron has the most home runs, 755. How many more than than Babe Ruth is that? Oh, it's 755 minus 714. Whatever that number is, we're not doing math here. No, not at all. And then you can have, right. And then you can have a conversation and go into the whole topic or um, where can I get pizza near me? Okay, which of these locations that you just showed me Google have uh, gluten-free options or which ones are kosher or whatever it is. And you can keep going down the rabbit hole. I think that's really cool for AI. Sure. But it's just spitballing a direct answer. I already have a direct answer. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Or a feature snippet. What's the difference? So do you, um, I, I wanted to go back to the Netflix example real quick. Do you think when Netflix made the decision to go streaming, they knew they were cannibalizing themselves for a technology that was bound to come out anyway, so they want to be first to market? Or do you think they saw the potential to save their own money? Like, all the postage and the physical media and the storage and the... turn, Like, do you think they saw it as, hey, we can reduce our own costs by convincing our existing customers to switch to this new model? Or do you think it was, someone else is going to come out with this model sooner or later and kill us, so we might as well come out with it first? I think they saw an opportunity to offer something new and novel yeah. that at the same yeah. time save them money right in theory i don't know like there could be the cost of the streaming by the way and all the servers is more expensive than the postage i have no idea so can chat gpt or similar ais save money for a search engine I just, that's what i don't see i don't i don't yeah. see the in terms of the direct answer i don't see it saving any money it's gonna end right. up being you're you're scraping the web already right google's you're not gonna not scrape the web so now that you already scraped the web, you can offer me a feature snippet or a direct answer. 
it's a more efficient than employing a whole new technology with its whole set of resources that's going to require and a lot of resources to do it quickly. Yeah. I don't see them making any sense. If anything, it would make some of those short answers maybe a little bit more verbose, which most of the time I don't want. Right? That's Again, one, if, if I'm asking who has the most home runs, I don't want a chat GPT to give me a three or four paragraph summary of a baseball player with the answer at the very end of that fourth paragraph. Like, just give me the number and the name, right? Exactly. So, and anyway, even if you say they find you ask it a very simple question, like how many home runs? You know, 755. Fine. What's not logical to me is when you are showing us enough feature snippet or, or, or a direct answer, you have control over the narrative. You're not leaving it to the AI to get right or wrong. Sure. You're leaving your algorithm, which is built on AI, but it's a much more check system to determine right and wrong. Right. Not on the fly in the same kind of way. Although one would hope that AI would get to the point where it'd be the same, but still the resource thing is, doesn't make any sense to me. I think, by the way, going back to the Netflix thing, just as a concept, which is why I love Kevin's stuff, because it's so interesting, just as I, as from a marketing and a product point of view, leaving a side SEO altogether, mm -hmm. Netflix realizing that they had an opportunity here to offer a new level of product that was way better than its previous product. Sure. And being courageous enough to pivot and go away from that is is unique. What I didn't, what I don't think they realized was that it would you would end up with a situation where people would end up becoming addicted to it. And then you have this whole binge phenomenon. Right. Yeah. That, right. That I don't think they saw. That didn't exist before Netflix, did it? Did anyone it ever exist, right. the, the concept of binging shows? Yeah. Even when you had Netflix, it didn't exist for a long time. But no one could have predicted how enormously couch potato like our entire society is. Where we will just sit there right. mind-numbingly for hours. And it is literally the high point of my life to turn my brain off and just watch Netflix. Yeah. That I don't think they predicted. No, I, I think you're right. I think they started releasing old shows in, you know, complete seasons. Yeah. Because I, I don't remember what the first show was, but the first time Netflix said, Hey, here's a new show and here's the whole season all at once, you're like, what? It might have been House of Cards. It, I was wondering if that was it. I think it might have been House of Cards yeah. being the first one. And then it almost promotes the binging because if you have the time to sit down and watch all the episodes and then you want to talk to me about it, I'm like, oh, I've only watched one episode. I'm going to watch one a week. I'm going to be left out really quick. So now I have to binge it. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted like Disney's model where they release one at a time or Paramount where they release one at a time. Mm -hmm. I personally, I don't know. It is completely anecdotal. I find that super annoying. Because now that I have something like Netflix where I can get them all in one shot, why are you holding back? Sure. Give it to but me now. I, wonder, I want it now. I wonder. I would love to see. So if you only wanted to watch House of Cards or you only wanted to watch Mandalorian, you can subscribe to Netflix for a month, watch House of Cards, and leave. Mandalorian, yes. you've got to wait and wait and wait. That's do you why think, they're doing it. Yeah. Do you think they see a lot of That's why they're doing it. people jumping off? But then Netflix replace it with, well, here's just a whole bunch of really good shows. So once you're done binging right, well, one, you binge the next, binge the next, binge the next, and you'll never get rid of us because we're bringing you. There's so much stuff. variety there, right? I think that model makes more sense long term. Like I, I, I find the Disney model to be like super annoying. Sure, it, I find it that unless I really, really want the show, I'm tuning out now because I don't have the patience to wait a week and wait another week. I don't care that much. I have to come back to it. And I'm gonna forget. Yeah. By the way, Yellowstone. I'm watching. I've been binging Yellowstone. No, I haven't seen That's that yet. So good. All right. 
But the future of all this is someone figuring out a way where I don't have to buy 20 of these stupid things. Well, we got away from cable and all the channels, and now we have all of these streaming services. It's just right back to cable. Right (laughs) back to square one. (laughs) Our title sponsor for news from the edge is SE Ranking, which you already knew because I told you that earlier. Anyway, SE Ranking is a cloud-based platform that offers a comprehensive set of tools for SEO and online marketing professionals. The platform includes a site audit, competitor analysis, website ranking, keyword suggestion and grouping, backlink monitoring, automated professional reporting, and more. Most definitely check out their content marketing tool. You can create SEO briefs with it for copywriters, write optimized content and evaluate content quality based on niche and marketing standards. Content Idea Finder is another tool which analyzes a keyword more closely related to the desired topic and creates a group of relevant keywords that you can use in a new article. At the core of the tool is an independent AI algorithm and integration with Google NLP. The tool uses this AI to perform an in-depth analysis of competitive content on the SERP for each seed keyword. As a new sponsor of Edge of the Web, we wanted to share with you who they are as an SEO ranking and what they are offering as an SEO ranking. To that, we have a contest. It's the SEO ranking checklist challenge. Hope there's a sound effect for that. If you complete the challenge, you'll get one month of Pro 1000 subscription for free. Jacob, as a newly elevated second seat. <laughs> oh, great. Yes, your job is to explain to me what the hell this contest is. If you go to edgeofthewebradio.com slash ranking, you get two weeks of the, the pro-level software for free right away. Then they have a, a small checklist, which is pretty similar to what you would want to do to evaluate the tool anyway. It's not that intense in my mind. If you complete that checklist, you get another month. So that's 45 days of the tool. And then somebody who also completes that checklist, one lucky person will get a full year of access. So you can get two weeks no matter what, probably 45 days if you're truly giving the tool a chance. So just a few things you have to do. Uh, create a project and you have to add at least five keywords. It should be easy for anyone who's using the tool. Different keywords. Five different keywords, please. Okay. Find five competitors in the competitive mm-hmm. research tool and add them to the My Competitor section. You need to run a website audit and show what issue that you're going to fix and then do a backlink check. So you upload your backlinks to the backlink monitoring tool and then you add any page to the page changes monitor, which is part of the website audit section and show the graphs and the history of the changes. So if you do all of these things, take a couple screenshots and send them off, they'll add 30 days more, one month more to the uh, the free trial for you. And then someone wins a whole you year. You get a package of cookies too. Are you sending cookies? Are you no, s- I thought I see ring sending cookies. Are you sending, sending, sending ring dings? Oh, ring dings. Yes. By the way, so, SE ranking is not cookies, but <laughs> ring dings. Morty will send you oh, ring dings. Morty will Cat send Morty people. will send one lucky runner up a box of ring I dings. I will. I will send someone a ring ding. So yeah. so one person will get a full year of SE ranking tool and the runner up will get. will get ring dings. So yeah, check it out. Uh, edgeofthewebradio.com slash SE ranking. It's right there on the bottom of the screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, it's in your ear. If you're listening in your car, it's on our show notes. All right, now it's time for my favorite part of the show, the Barry Blast, which you have here in the deck as Fast Track. What? Why? That was the original name, and we haven't changed it in the deck. Oh, no, Barry Blast. Uh, originally, 
this is going to be any short article that we couldn't get to. And I think within the second week, but no, within the second week, it became all Barry. So they kind of, (laughs) but it was originally called, it was pitched as a change to the show where we would, some of the articles that uh, we just couldn't get to, or we just, we we wanted to quickly cover the headline, not go over the whole article. It was, if you go back, the first or second episode may have had one or two extra authors in there. And then it just became the Barry show. So got it. That's what it is now. All right. First one, schmuck runs a poll, says most SEOs won't recommend using AI to write content. Who was that schmuck? That schmuck was, that schmuck was me. And I did a poll and 684 people said, well, 684 people voted. 66.4% said no, they would not recommend AI to write to their client. 33.6% that equals 100 for those who like math said yes, they would. Those 33% of people are wrong, obviously. It's not a good idea, in my opinion, to send your client an AI writer and be like, yeah, have at it. Now, is the poll talking about an entire piece of content or just using AI at all? How the hell should I know the poll's talking about? Oh, I, yeah. We should ask the guy who wrote the poll. We should Sorry. ask the guy who did it. In your That's opinion, fun. when you agree that in no. In my opinion, when I, uh, if I were the person who happened to do the poll, right. I would have had an internal debate with myself where I would debate whether or not to qualify anything or just put it out there like carte blanche, like carte blanche without, you know, unequivocally rather. Here's the question. I thought that if I started, you know, modifying and qualifying, no one would answer the damn thing. Hmm. And I wanted to just kind of interpret it the way you wanted to interpret it. So yeah, like if I sent it to a client with an entire booklet of instructions and said, just use it for your headers. Like, all right, that's one thing. Sure. I could put out the same poll and probably get the same results that you were fearing of being too wordy, and that would be no responses. <laughs> you want to try it? <laughs> I'll get like three yeah. people responding to my poll. I'm going to copy and paste yours. I'm just going to throw it out there as a poll. We'll see. How, how long did you run yours for? Was it five days? A day. I think I did mine for a day. One day, I'm going to guess four responses on my poll. Nice. Let's try it. Okay. I I'll, would run mine for longer, but I'm so impatient. I want to like yeah. be done. Let's like. All right. I will yeah, release. I will release my poll question at the same time this podcast releases, and I'm hoping okay. for four responses within 24 hours. You get one from me. You get one from yourself. So you just oh. we just need two more. All right. We'll we'll push it to six then. We're offering ring dings for the other four people <laughs> who will vote. Well, Let I'll, us know who you are. I'll run an extra poll. What do you want? Ring dings or? Ring things or SEO ranking. Don't run that poll. <laughs> we'll lose a sponsor. Okay. Article number two, also from Barry Schwartz. Obviously, it's a Barry Blast. That's redundant. From seroundtable.com. This one from Lily Ray about trusting AI content. She writes, I know it's hard not to be biased as an SEO professional, but try anyway. Thanks, Lily. If a site offering your money, your life, information, advice, health, finance, et cetera, indicates that the content was partially written using AI, does this make you trust the content, trust it more, 3%, trust it less, 65% of you said less, Ouch. no impact on trust, 20%, I'm estimating here, by the way, see answers, 12%, see answers, really? You couldn't have picked one of those see answers? Anyway. Um, Lily is way more popular than I am. She had 1,800 people voting for this poll. So, yes, I would not trust if it was, you know, your money, your life content. I'm going to make a financial decision now on some stupid-ass computer. 
spinning up the answer that'll ruin me financially. Like, yeah, should I invest in this thing? Yes, absolutely invest in this. Here, here's my outdated information from 2021 because that's the that's that's as far as GPT goes. <laughs> right. Invest in tech stocks. Yes. Invest in tech stock. So this opens up a really interesting moral obligation question, I think. If I use ChatGPT to, let's say, uh, write me an outline for an article about this thing that's YMYL, right? And it gives me a good outline. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I start researching and I write it and I do all the work. Do you feel I have an obligation to admit that AI was used in any part of my process? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, because here's my point, if I admit that AI was used, you have no idea how much it was used. Again, if it just gave me an outline and then I went and researched and verified and fact-checked and made sure everything was right, I added my own spin, my own expertise. This just kind of helped me organize it. I mean, really, at that point, it should be good content because it's mine. If I'm trying to be honest and transparent and say, hey, AI assisted in this, does that make you, the reader, go like, oh, never mind. I don't want to see it. I think it does. I think it's I, I think it's one of the things about the, the review. You make a great point. Like, is a human reviewed? Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. yeah I like think, one word. Right. <laughs> we're we're going to get into a space where people are either going to lie about it and say, well, I, I barely used it and it's all my content, so I'm not going to tell anybody. Or someone feels obligated to talk about it and they use it only for the headers, like you were talking about earlier, but they put a disclaimer, this part of this content was supplied by an AI generator, and then people are going to not want to read that. I mean, here, listen to this, because I just asked, are tech stocks good to invest in? So again, ChatGPT is based up until, was it in November 2021? Is where it goes through? I think so. Yeah. Tech stocks since then have basically crashed. Uh, it depends on a number of factors, and there is no one-size-fits-all answer. Tech stocks have been performing well in recent years and have delivered high returns to investors, blah, blah, blah. But they carry risk and it goes through like, you know, quality. it caveats all of that. But if you're asking me right now, based on what's been going on in the ecosystem around tech stocks, it telling me it's been performing well in recent years. It's like saying, like, yeah, they're, they're great till they crashed. <laughs> right. So, no, I, I don't trust AI writers for anything related to health and finance. That's ridiculous. And the fact that these companies like CNET, or Bangor, I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, okay, ESPN, like, you know, Chad GPT, uh, you know, uh, write me a summary of Joe Montana's career. Who cares he got that wrong or not? Whatever. Right. Oh, it's all the Joe, Joe Montana fanatics coming after this podcast now. Six of them. Maybe seven. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ring things for you. <laughs> but health and finance content, that's yeah. crazy. If I see an AI... If you're listening to this and you're one of these websites, if I see personally that you have used an AI writer for health and finance content, I will not trust your content ever again. But does, I'm not saying that like as punitive. It's literally my attitude. But does emotionally. that attitude, if that is most people's attitude, will people ever admit when they're using AI writers then? Or will they just try to edit and the tweak it to the point where it's not have hot? To. These publicly traded companies are going to have to. Have to they use have. AI writers. They They're going to have to admit to it. I don't think mm. they wanted to admit. You think that CNET and Bankrig wanted to admit to it, right? Or that was someone illegal saying, "Whoa, Nelly, you better write that you you because otherwise we're in big trouble." Yeah, you think there'll be policy written around that? That if you have AI content, you need to disclose it. I think these companies are going to have internal policies. I don't know what this you know an SMB will do, but yeah, any any major company. 
that is afraid of getting sued is going to. And again, if I see that, I am not coming back to that that website. I don't trust Bankrate right now. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. I didn't trust them before either, but. <laughs> What's your last one? Oh, last one. Sorry, I'm like, I'm like no, you're good. I forgot where I. I I blanked out. I forgot where I was for a second. I'm hosting the show. Report from guess who? Barry Schwartz over at guess where? SERoundtable.com. Dealerships can list auto inventory on Google Business Profile. Google has opened it up. If you have a VIN number, you're a, a, a dealership. This is, by the way, spotted by friend of the show, friend of all, Greg Gifford over at Search Lab Digital. He who is part of the team that Mark Bielan runs. Mark Bielan's a fantastic person and a Lions fan. Random fact about Mark Bielan. If you are a dealership and you have the VIN number for your car, you can now upload it to your profile and you can list them all. And it is great for you. I don't work on car dealership websites, so I don't really know. But if I were working on one, I would bet I would want to have that listed. There you go. Isn't that profound? <laughs> hey, I've got a question. That's good. Who is on SEO chat this week? That's a great question. Adriana Stein is on SEO chat this week. Talking about? The contributor to the Wix SEO Learning Hub, Adriana oh, nice. Stein. Nice. Yes, where we host the Serpsop podcast with Crystal Carter, <laughs> which y'all produce, See, Aaron's not here to stop you. Just go for it. it. Does he stop me when I when he is here? <laughs> no. No, so no difference. It's kind of like Aaron not being here is kind of like Yandex's ranking factors being hacked. It doesn't really matter, does it? Nothing has actually changed. But Adriana Stein is hosting all about SEO strategy, B2B SEO strategies over on Twitter. Hashtag follow the hashtag SEO chat. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. This Thursday, Adriana Stein, B2B SEO content and strategy. Twitter. And that's there. it. Yes. Thank you for, by the way, thank you for nudging me along the uh, the slides here because I've again, forgotten that they exist. <laughs> You're good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, so I don't like it's, working off slides. You should, you should think about having uh, your own podcast. I just think <laughs> having multiple podcasts. <laughs> A few. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Let me, let me do the next slide. That's it for Edge of the Web News this week. Weekly promotion goes here. Maybe do that I'm one again. Reading, I'm, I'm just reading. I'm just reading the slides. I just leave that last part off. <laughs> if it's on the teleprompter, I will read it. I'm Ron Burgundy. Okay, how about I do it like um, like real like theater like or like uh, like masterpiece theater or like, like one of these like you know like book corners, uh, actor studio corner, whatever that was. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. With, um, with James Lipton. Yeah, that guy. That guy. <laughs> that guy's a weird. Yeah, that was a weird show. That's it for Edge of the Web news this week. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to get updated when we go live next with our show. From all of us over at Edge, stay safe and well, and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood. <laughs>